I'm Rob Doyle, the guy whose identity was stolen by a jilted high school ex-girlfriend. Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Join a couple of dolts as we dote out some anecdotes. And welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who had to perform an exorcism during a college party. Joining me on this podcast is my personal demon, Laura Arnold. (laughs) That might be my favorite intro for me. (laughs) Um, Why... What are the circumstances that lead up to you having to do a, an exorcism at a college party? So basically what happened what happened was <laughs> what happened um, was we were we were having a cast party for a show. Uh, my apartment was the party house for lack of a better term. All of a sudden this guy uh, comes running in and they're like, "John, you need to come in here. Troy is drunk in the other room." And he's scaring people. And I was like, what? And so I go in there. And so Troy is this really large, like my size guy. Um, But he had had two fifths of orange cream soda vodka. Disgusting. And he had thrown up all over our couch. Was um, pinning freshmen against the wall and screaming at them in a fake language and saying that he was possessed by a demon and everyone everyone in the party is freaking out i like grab him and pull him off of one of the freshmen who's like in tears and i'm like what is wrong with you and he like grabs me by the shoulder and is trying to like throw me to the ground and i'm like holding on to him um and and i'm like you need to knock it off and and he starts like like looking into my eyes and he's like i am valsabar and i am going to suck you to hell and i was like knock it off you need to get over yourself and and sober up and so he's still trying to whatever well he had invited his friends from high school that weekend so all like three or four of them grab him and are taking him upstairs to his bedroom uh he tries to throw one of them down the steps and they proceed to beat him unconscious literally (laughs) on the steps of uh leading up to his bedroom and so he's unconscious they drag him up the stairs and put him in bed oh my god so you didn't actually perform an exorcist i performed a college exorcism that's fair we're wasting time laura yes we are you say that with such happiness in your voice why why are you so happy about us wasting time Sorry, that wasn't supposed to be happy. I'm excited about our next guest. Oh, okay, great. Me too. Uh, who's on today? Um, today is a dear, dear friend of mine who, before moving to Spring Green from New York in 2014 to train in the American Players Theater Acting Apprentice Program, he worked in many theatrical disciplines with various theater companies such as the Long Island Shakespeare Festival, Royal Productions LTD, and Asylum Theater Company. Since then, he has gone on to create several theater companies, including the most recent, Two Crows Theater Company. Please welcome actor, costume designer, artistic director, and master mixologist, Rob Doyle. Okay, first of all, how bad do you have to, like, hurt her 
for her to steal your identity. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't. I, I Okay. On my recollection, I don't think that I hurt her at all. <laughs> yeah, it came to a point where it just had to end. And then a couple of weeks, I mean, there's a much longer backstory to it, obviously. But uh, yeah, a couple of weeks later, I looked at my bank account and something was very wrong. The last time that I spoke to her was actually um, when I broke up with her. Uh, the only conversations I had after that were my lawyers talking to her lawyers. <laughs> oh my <gosh. laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a very weird time, especially, I mean, it was high school. So I was, you know, 16, 17 years old and um, with lawyers. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really it was my, my parents' lawyers talking to her lawyers. Cause at that age, I didn't, you know, mm. I didn't have a lawyer on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. So you started your first theater company in high school. Yes. Yep. That's incredible. And, and what, how, how did that go? Because that's, I mean, a lot of people are still trying to figure themselves out, let alone trying to start a business, let alone trying to start a nonprofit. I'm assuming it was a nonprofit. It was a nonprofit. Yeah, actually, um, I worked at a a tiny little bookstore in West Hampton Beach is where I grew up on Long Island. And uh, yeah, I, the owner of the bookstore used to be a nonprofit lawyer. So she kind of walked me through the process of how to get nonprofit status. And uh, yeah, I did it basically with her, the owner of the bookstore and the girlfriend, um, even though the girlfriend really didn't do that much, uh, <laughs> except steal my identity. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got it up and running and we produced, I think we produced uh, nine or 10 productions before uh, it finally went under. And I've just, mm-hmm. Laura knows, I just recently started a new theater company in Spring Green that's uh, going, was going really well until all of this coronavirus started happening and now I feel like society has stolen my identity (laughs) well so many people you know like the the assumption out there is that actors want to you know they they're the the goal is to go to New York and the thing that I have found to be very true is people who are from that area when they want to be in theater, they go elsewhere. They don't, they don't stay in that area yeah, because everyone else is going there. Right. Yeah. It's oversaturated. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. so, so much that, I mean, so many of the auditions that I went on were exactly what you hear about the cliche auditions where they're not going to mm-hmm. hire you, where mm-hmm. I, I walked in for, um, I think it was the national tour of Be- Yeah. It was national tour of beauty and the beast. Uh, and I had the whole, my whole audition prepared and I walked in and I, Uh, I waited there for, you know, 45 minutes in the line and finally got in to be seen. And I walked in and the piano accompanist started. And before I hit the first line, they went, thank you. And I was like, wow, that's it. All right. And uh, walked out. I mean, that's that's one example of many, many times that that happened where it's just, I mean, they're either not looking for people or they'll look at you and be like, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there are millions and millions of people who are in the same category as you. They can go in and be seen and all you have to be is slightly more interesting. With television, I used to go in and uh, I didn't even audition. It was one of those things that you put your, you know, your headshot in for extra work and they would just look through all of them and pull you as they wanted you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much every other day they were calling me in for TV extra work on Law and Order, uh, Elementary, I was on a couple times. And the first like seven gigs I had, 
I would go in and I would be like right up there in the action, being a good extra. You know, you watch those extras sometimes in movies and you're like, that's a bad extra because I notice you. Yeah. But And then, you know, the next week would come and we would, my whole family would turn the TV on to be like, all right, here we go. We're going to see Rob on TV. And right before my part came up, they would cut. Literally for my first seven <laughs> jobs. I got paid for like seven acting jobs that I was never seen. See that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have to say too, so Rob, I've watched so much elementary. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And Did you Rob see me? One... That was one that I was actually on. Yeah. So <laughs> Rob one day was like, oh, I'm in an episode of elementary. No, like no big deal. And I was like, really? What episode? Like, have I seen it? It must have been a while ago, right? So I probably have seen it. And he was like, yeah. So he showed me the clip in which he's in, which you did great. Thanks. I was writing on a pad. I really did. I didn't. I was in the background. But you were doing a really <laughs> good job of like taking notes, which is what your job was supposed to be in the show. So, Thanks. Like... You. I, I am trained in acting. <laughs> <laughs> Such a but the, see, the thing is with being an extra is, you know, if, if, if you're not noticed, that's you've done your job right. Right. But that's why I'm like, word, if, you, if I did know, because I didn't, I never thought twice about that, about you, your character. At that's all. good. Yeah. So you nailed it. But I do wonder if it would have been. I would like to say that any other time that you would say those exact words to an actor, <laughs> you would be destroying them. <laughs> And yet we're all just nodding and smiling as you're saying, I didn't notice you, didn't pay a lick of attention to you. That's good. It's like after you feel like you've given the performance of your life in a play and you walk out and they're like, I loved your costume. Yeah. <laughs> or or the other best one is, how did you memorize all those lines? All those lines. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Oh, it's like, oh so... yeah, that was the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have so much admiration for people who could do improv uh, like that. My friend uh, Cole and I went out to LA and our friend is um, Patrick Bristow, who you would know from a whole bunch of movies if you knew what he looked like. He took us to one of his Groundlings improv classes and two New York guys who have never done improv walking into a Californian improv where they're all like, oh, this is really cool. Let's make like a fun story. And us getting up there and being like, what the f are you talking about? What the f this and f that? And I, no joke, we ended our scene. The actual the teacher was like, "Okay, let's let's stop there." And we looked out, and everyone was just like eyes wide open with their hands over their mouth, like <laughs> like they had never heard such language. And we were like. Yeah, in college, I would host, um, I was the president of our theater honors fraternity, and we would occasionally have a game night. And one of the games that we would play was innuendo, which for the listener who may not know it, it's it's you just make a lot of sexual innuendos, but you do it in a very subtle way that's, you know, very winking, nodding, whatever. And these two guys come up, and the first one comes up, and it's like, you know, sometimes I just like to myself. And everyone's jaws dropped. And we were like, what? And then the next one like has to top that and then starts getting really like even more graphic. And it just keeps piling on top of each other. And I had to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's an innuendo, not a direct sexual statement. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, we've got it. And then they tried again. And again, it just erupted into this pornographic <laughs> rant. 
And so we had to shut that game down and move on to something else. So it's, but innuendo, I've, I've been on the other side. Innuendo is such a good, clever joke if you do it right. Because innuendo is basically a pun that's sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. And hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it right. I try to use them as much as possible. I n- I'm aware. <laughs> Because I do too, but I usually do it on accident, and you usually do it on purpose, which is why we work. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate that before I can call you out on it, you call yourself out on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's because usually this like last second that it's leaving my mouth, I'm like, uh, yep, and I'm committed. Here we when are. I, when I was in high school, uh, we had this. We had this like. 65 year old very short elderly chorus teacher and uh she was like the most innocent person you would ever meet in your life and it was right around the time that the joke like was you would say a phrase and then someone would repeat back like i'll blank your blank you know uh, <laughs> right, the, all the time yeah i, I still <laughs> yeah um but she walked in one time and she was looking through her bag to chorus class with like 80 students and uh, she said, I'm sorry, I'm just looking for my chapstick. And one of like the 15 year olds went, I'll chap your stick. And the whole room just went silent. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, that innuendo was just way too much. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was just waiting for her to cry. But she was just like, OK, moving on. <laughs> Thank oh God. Like a real professional. Oh my gosh. Like a real pro. Yeah. Well, one time my mom, we were getting gas and um, my mom was, was putting gas in the car and she couldn't get the nozzle into the the place where you, I, I, I'm trying not to say the hole. No, you're the, playing the innuendo you right now. You're doing I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but she, but I'm in the, I'm in the car and all of a sudden I just hear her go, I can't get the thing into the hole. And I just said, that's what she said. And my mom went. Who said that? And I was like, she did. And she was like, what are you talking about? And so I was like, it was a joke, mom. And so she like closed the door, finished pumping the gas, got back in the car. And then it hit her that I was being dirty. And I got hit like six or seven times over that stupid joke. Worth it. Worth it, I'd say. Oh, it's so worth it. Your mom stopped listening to our podcast when two weeks ago we said horny. That's true. I said horny in the podcast, and then she she was listening to the podcast while I was in the room, which has never happened before. And sh- sh- I said horny, and then she looked at me. She's going to do it now because we said it like six times in this episode. And she looked at me like I was the devil, and then you said it, and then she's like, I'm done. And then she turned off the podcast, and she didn't finish it. But you expected her to be okay with you making an innuendo about her not being able to get the thing in the hole i had just started watching the office and i was trying to emulate michael scott yeah that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) now for our main segment the anecdotal dope here's how it works i have selected a random word that only i've seen your job is to tell a true story based on that word are you ready rob doyle Oh, God. Sorry, I may have forgotten to, to, to tell you about this You part. totally did, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Your word is concussion. Oh, I have a great concussion story, actually. Oh, I'm Who so excited. Really? My wife is going to be so 
that I told the story. <laughs> well, okay, so Nicole is my wife. Every once in a while, I get generous, and she's like, let's have a cleaning day where we clean the house. And I'm like, totally, totally into it. This is my day. I'm going to show off how good I am at cleaning when I want to clean. We were both, you know, I was cleaning the living room. I was doing great. I was vacuuming cushions. I don't know if anyone else does that. I didn't know it was a thing, but it was the task I was, you know, put to. So I did it. She was vacuuming and cleaning and scrubbing the carpets and everything. And I'm, and all of a sudden I hear a giant thud and a ouch. And I'm like, huh, that's strange. So I walk over and Nicole is like in a ball at the bottom of our stairs. Oh, no. And uh, I walk over and I was like, hey, what happened? And I'm still in a great mood because I've been vacuuming the cushions. <laughs> and uh, she had been, <laughs> she, she was, um, yeah, she was vacuuming the stairs and just stood up real quick. Also probably in a good mood at that point. Smashed her head incredibly hard into the ceiling, which like when you enter our stairs, you have to duck it first and then you can stand mm. upright. I picked her up and brought her into the living room to sit on the freshly vacuumed cushions and uh i sat there and i you know i've seen this thing on tv i've i, I don't know what it means but i looked at her eyes there's something with the pupils i think that you're supposed to do and they looked all right you know so i was like okay you're good so uh we're like okay let's watch a movie just to kind of you know keep her alert and i can't remember what movie we were watching but i got really into it and I was like watching it, watching it and laughing and laughing. And then like after a half an hour, I realized that she wasn't laughing. <laughs> so <laughs> I look over at her like, why aren't you laughing? And she's dead asleep. And I was like, oh, okay, no. this is, this is a problem. I pack her into the car and we go to the, you know, we drive to the hospital. So we get there and I bring her in and they were like, okay, well, you know, they did the test right at the desk. They were, you know, I said, she might have a concussion. They, they look at her eyes and they're like, oh, geez. Yeah, I sat out in the lobby for like two and a half hours. Yeah, eventually they, they brought her back out and they were like, yes, she did have a severe concussion. And if anything like oh that ever happens again, you should bring her right in. And I was like, well, now I know not to trust TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the moral of this story is as much ER and Grey's Anatomy as any person has watched, um, you are still not a doctor. Yeah, and... I was going off more Breaking Bad, but uh, was... really, what? no, no. <laughs> See, I was going to say the moral is this is why you never clean. That's, that's exactly right. See, if I was watching out for my wife, you know, the cushions would still be fine. <laughs> Our stove. I, I I cook a lot, like four times a day. And especially in coronavirus, I just made pasta yesterday. I got a pasta machine and I started making pasta. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, so um, jelly. I want to eat your pasta. <laughs> innuendo. Innuendo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about, though, where I yeah. say it and I don't mean it until somebody calls me out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so my stove is always filthy. Like it's always covered in grease and, you know, whatever. And, uh, like I've tried to clean it multiple times. I mean, I have tried to clean it. Nicole's, you know, she's kind of left that job up to me. And that's probably why it's never worked very well. And I just went out and she was like, I cleaned the stove. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll take a look. And I went over that stove. I literally thought she had a new stove delivered. It was like. <laughs> <laughs>
I've realized that while we've told a lot of stories about ourselves um, on the podcast, um, I feel like there's still things that we may not have uh, divulged about ourselves uh, to each other or to the world. <laughs> okay. Especially because this past week we got a listener in New Zealand. So we are, again, branching out. We're branching out. Um, We've you... hit a new hemisphere. We have. Yeah. The, the toilets flush backwards there. <laughs> or so they say. Allegedly. Um, so someone <laughs> someone from uh, Middle Earth has been listening to our podcast. So technically we're going multi-realm at this point. So I figured we should play a game of Never Have I Ever. Hold up three fingers. And for the listener, because they cannot see our fingers being held up, um, just know that when it gets down to one finger, mine will be the middle finger up at Laura. <laughs> and also, will. we will do a different sound effect uh, for each one of us. So if Laura has done this thing, you will hear this sound. I hope my sound doesn't suck. Oh, it's going to suck so hard. <laughs> It's just going to be your laugh, but through a filter that makes it sound like a chipmunk. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> and if I have done the thing, you will hear this sound. So, Laura, are you ready to play Never Have I Ever? I'm terrible at this game, but yes, I'm so ready. Okay, fantastic. Never have I ever... I almost said peed in a pool, but I have done that. Who um, hasn't? <laughs> civilized people, Laura. People that are better than us. Doubt um, it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I've got one. Never have I ever challenged an animal to a fight. I don't think I have either. Never have I ever gotten my face stuck between burglar bars. Wait, no, I can't say that because I feel like if we say that, we have to say like anything that is like posts, not just like You've gotten your head stuck bars. in a post? <laughs> I did one time get my stuck my head stuck between the like spindles on my staircase as a kid. I'm s I was really hoping you were gonna say two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like stuck stuck, but I definitely had a moment of panic of like, ah, I don't know how to get out of this and then my brother made fun of me and Never have I ever used the bathroom in complete darkness. No, I don't think so. I feel like I've always had at least some type of light because I'm honestly I'm terrified to use the bathroom in the complete darkness. Yeah, you those once those videos of snakes in the toilet started coming out, I always have to check the toilet before I sit down because I'm so terrified that a snake is going to un opposite of birth out of me. <laughs> um. Never, never have I ever swam naked in someone else's pool. Ooh. <laughs> Swimming naked is a very interesting experience because it's like, I don't know, it feels very freeing. Yeah, no, I've swam naked, just not in somebody else's pool. It, I wasn't in a pool at all. Where were you? I was in a river. So you were in God's pool. <laughs> 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 Never have I ever given someone a black eye. I don't think I have either. Never have I ever pretended to be a burglar. No, I've never pretended to be a burglar. I did dress up as Zorro and run around my street, though. Of course you did. <laughs> and that was in that was a senior year in high school. I was way too old to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever sang at karaoke. I have... Like a bunch of times. 
I'm down to one finger now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out. You know what that means. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I win. I win. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Here's the thing that I don't like about this game is that, like, the winner is the least adventurous person at the table. Yeah, between you and me, that's always going to be accurate. But, like, are you really the winner or are you just afraid to live life? So you're saying that by winning this game, I am, in fact, a loser? Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. (laughs) And special thanks to today's guest, Rob Doyle. Have a question or need some anecdotal advice on a subject? Send them to us and it might be shared on a future podcast. Send your questions, comments, and stories to us written, filmed, or by audio to theanecdotaldote at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Write us a review and share this podcast with your friends. And remember, everyone has a story to tell, especially you. So send them in. We're excited to listen. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. One, two, three. Nailed it. You weren't late that time. I was not late that time. You did so well clapping. Man, if I had a nickel for every time, I was like, woohoo, I'm not late. Innuendo, we're still playing it. (laughs) See, I was going to say, if I had a nickel for every time, I, I got the clap. <laughs> Which is zero times, you f- face. <laughs> <laughs>